You're listening to the Inner Process Podcast with your hosts, Mike Bond and Jason Van Ruler. We're seasoned counselors and friends, and each episode we discuss topics that help us live all around healthier lives. Listen in as we share personal stories, research, and our experiences as therapists. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for listening in today. So we are talking about perfectionism in this episode. And you may be surprised or maybe not to learn there are different types of perfectionism. And so we talk about that in the podcast as well as what's really underneath perfectionism. Why why do we do that? We generally know that probably it's not the best thing for us um, for the most part. And so why do we keep doing that when that's true? So we talk about that and some ways to look at it and use perfectionism to our advantage. So we thank you as always for listening. If you wouldn't mind leaving us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you like this podcast and you're helped by it, please tell a friend or two. We're looking to get the word out. Thanks. Well, welcome back to the Inner Process Podcast. Today we are talking about perfectionism, which if you've listened to this podcast, you know that Jason and I do not subscribe to perfectionism, at least not with this podcast anyway. But we give it our best, right? We're going to talk about that later. This is my version of perfect. Oh, it is. Oh, okay. Ooh, well, I guess we're on different pages there. Um, so Jason subscribes to perfectionism, but he's got other things to work out as far as this topic is concerned. Like defining we, it, I think. Yeah. Let's define it because I think that it's out there in pop culture a lot. We talk about perfectionism. Sometimes it's glorified. You know, sometimes it's talked about being as maladaptive. And so... What we mean today by perfectionism is essentially just kind of striving, trying to reach that place where whatever you're endeavoring to do, maybe it's everything, maybe it's certain things, you're trying to do it in a perfect fashion, right? No mistakes, no errors, that kind of thing. Okay. And I think that obviously there are the inherent problems with that, which we're going to talk about in a second. But I think sometimes uh, that that is actually glorified it's it's actually talked about as positive and it's not really not really but this is like one of those perfect interview answers you know where they're like what what's something that you do that's not very good and you're like well oh i tend to be a perfectionist then you can wink at them and you're like you but you get that's actually awesome and so yeah to your point i think some people would say like oh that's really cool you should be a perfectionist but not really Right. Like the people who actually subscribe to that and don't just say it, I think it's kind of miserable sometimes, actually. Right. Because, well, I think it keeps us in a constant bind, right? Because it's not possible, it's not attainable. And I was thinking about this before the episode. I was thinking, well, you know, where else in life do we, would we consistently keep going back to the well of something that's unattainable and yet? continuing to try to attain it, even though somewhere in our understanding, we know we're not able to attain it. And so I think that's the bind, that's the vice grip that we get into with this, because as I keep striving for that, it's a hamster wheel. I'm not going to get there. Maybe one time I do and something, right? Or a few times here and there, but certainly not on any kind of a consistent basis. I mean, that's the question I would have is, yeah, I think perfect is subjective in most places. It is. You know, do you actually get there. Uh, Because I mean, we joke about it, but maybe this is my version of perfect that we put out every week. Yeah, could be, you know, and I could painstakingly try to do that. And then somebody else listens and they go, okay, different perfect. No, that's a great point. And the subjectivity that maybe leads naturally to 
the kinds of perfectionism, but the subjectivity is such that while, yes, we may think we reach that point at different points, others might judge that as not. And so you're still stuck. You're still kind of caught in that bind. And so really there's no win when it comes to this. And I think that's what part of what makes it so difficult. So, so what is it really about to you? I mean, you said there's a couple different types, but what, what is it really about then? I think on a deeper level, when clients talk to me about this, or even when I'm thinking about this on a personal level, it, it to me usually boils down to a couple different things. So number one, it's identity-based. I am trying to kind of perform in order to be. Who I am is based in how well I do something. So it's identity at that level. You know, there's more to say about that, but that's the first one. I think the other one that I often talk with clients about is anxiety management. If I can do this thing perfectly well, I will feel less anxious. Now that has a lot of different subgroupings to it. One of the things I think that goes along with that is I'm less anxious because I don't get near that fear of failure or some of those other fears that go along with that typically, right? And so I think it's a control-based thing. That's not so conscious sometimes, but I think often that's what we're trying to do. So both of those to me are what I tend to see recurring as some of the more core components underneath the perfectionism piece. Do you think that kind of believing in that perfectionism and, and trying to attain that then builds confidence for some people. So then they're, they're a little more confident that it won't end with rejection or things like that. I mean, is that that control piece where it's like, well, if I just do it perfectly, then goodness, I'm not going to have to face any rejection about it, or it, it's not going to go badly. That's one of the thoughts or beliefs. I think you're right on that. The, I mean, the problem is it's not possible. And so then what happens, what gets fed when that doesn't work, I think is the issue. Yeah, because people don't need something to complain about necessarily that's even based in logic. So I mean, it, right. even if something is perfect, people can dislike it, you know? So it's right. it's kind of this false belief that we have about how it's going to work. But to your point, I think it instills some confidence in us because it's like, well, if I did this perfectly, you've got nothing to complain about or there's no way this could end badly. And so I feel better yes. now. Yes, I think, and that's what you're talking about with the control piece, I think is really important. I mean, we know underneath anxiety or, or along with control underneath that is going to be anxiety, right? If I am controlling, then there's an anxiousness underneath. And so I think absolutely that's for sure a part of it. It might be relevant to kind of pull this word apart just a little bit. So there are two guys who have done actually a fair amount of research around perfectionism. For anyone that's listening that would want to check this out, their names are Hewitt and Flett. And they did some studies along the perfectionism line. And what they found is that there's three, actually three types of perfectionism. Um, so I'll say them real quick just to help kind of all of us see where we might fall in these if we do. So essentially, they're self-oriented perfectionists. This is exactly what it sounds like. These are the people who hold themselves to really strict standards. I think it's what we've been talking about so far today, right? Like, I am going to do X, Y, or Z perfectly. I'm not going to have any errors or mistakes. So that's self-oriented. There's other-oriented perfectionists. So that's holding other people to that standard. And of course, there's lots of overlap here. I often think if I'm probably a perfectionist towards myself, that's probably what I'm going to do with others, but not always. So there's those two. But then the one actually that causes, interestingly, the most kind of deleterious effects on us are the socially... Did you just say deleterious? Yeah. Didn't I? No, you did. That's a fantastic okay. word. I'm, I'm literally like just impressed. Oh, okay. Well, see, this is the micro 
perfectionist is part of the program right now. Say so you really are yes. going for perfectionist. We're hitting it. <laughs> Deleterious. Brilliant. Look it up. If you don't know what it means, look it up. Brilliant. So last one, but this is the one, right? Socially prescribed. This is when you believe that others have kind of certain expectations of you. That may be significant others. It may be societal others. Like I think that others word is pretty broad, but it's when kind of you are orienting your life around trying to meet certain standards that you think others are holding of you and go figure. Yeah. That's you can you make up anything you want for that, right? You don't actually need to base it in reality. You can just make up or assume yep. what they're thinking. Fabulous point. You fill in the blanks for other people, which always works well. I found in relationships. I'm yeah. pretty accurate. You know, when I make up what other people are thinking, I think I've got a pretty good track record. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean to laugh before I even finished that bit. Uh, but yes, it's terrible. Not a good track record. The interesting thing and maybe a marker about the socially prescribed perfectionism is that these are the people who tend to procrastinate the most. And it makes sense, right? Like if you are operating from some nebulous standard that you don't even really almost know, or maybe you think you know, what's the natural response to that, but to procrastinate and not actually start or try. And so I think that's just really interesting, but that one is the most debilitating. So they're all, you know, all of them are not super adaptive and we you know we'll talk about some of the good components of this, but I thought it was important just to say that there are different types because I think it helps probably for any of us either in all of our lives or in parts of our lives to figure out, well, where do I fall on the spectrum? By the way, for anyone who would like a more objective measurement of this, there's something called the multidimensional perfectionism scale. So you can actually go and take this little assessment and find out, number one, if you are a perfectionist, and number two, where you fall on that scale. So yeah, just thought I'd throw that out there. I'm going to take it. I hope I get it right. I hope I get every question right. I don't want to miss it. I think you'll be perfect at it. Yeah. But in all seriousness, I, I mean, I can relate to some of this. I mean, I think for me personally, it's kind of the last one that we're discussing, right? It's this idea about what other people expect out of me, that mm -hmm. it's, it's a moving target, but I'm constantly trying to make up what they want and then yeah. hit that. But it does change a lot. And it often is not really based in reality, strangely. Right. And so I think for myself, uh, and I don't know if you can relate to this, but that does stall me out sometimes because yes. I, I just don't know how to even start. I think that's it. To me, it makes the most sense in the world that if we're operating from that place of maybe we think others have a certain standard for us, I mean, why wouldn't we freeze in the middle of that? I mean, we, we would. That just seems the most common thing. Or we start out down that road and we're really working and we're really working and yet then probably we reach the end of that really quickly and we're burned out or something else. Right. Or we move the goalposts and then realize that we're actually not doing well anymore. It's interesting that we're doing this topic because, you know, I think that this podcast in a lot of ways started from a similar conversation between the two of us, not explicitly about perfectionism, but in some ways it absolutely had those components. And so maybe we should talk a little bit about that story. You want to tell them about that a little bit? Yeah. We're talking about farm good, right? We are. Our, our famous farm good. Somewhat famous, maybe not famous it's at famous all. famous to us. It's infamous. Yeah. So Mike and I have been buddies for a while and doing the work that we do, we get to hang out. And so some of those conversations have kind of talked about why we haven't started some of the stuff we want to start or why maybe we've 
worked on it, but then abandoned it or not gotten to where we want to be. And we kind of came up with this idea of, you know, maybe we're striving for perfection, or maybe we're striving sometimes for the Olympic gold medal good on the first try. Mm. And that doing such a thing like that, which is basically perfectionism, it stalls us out. And so we kind of had this, I think this bond between the two of us, we're like, yeah, we both want to do big things and help lots of people. And at the same time, we both want to come out of the gate as the gold standard first time. And I think that that's really admirable. I mean, I think that's a cool thing. It's just super unrealistic. And so I think we kind of joined on the fact that like we both want this standard or this perfectionism is way too high. And so we kind of came up with what we call farm good. And this is actually, this is not to say anything bad about farmers, but my wife was raised on a farm. And so when they needed to do something, they just made it work, right? There wasn't this degree of, well, we need to get just the right part or we're going to, you know, do everything exactly. It was often just, out of necessity, they needed to do something. And so you might find like something taped to something or, you know, the wrong color paint and something else. And it was because what needed to happen or what needed to work was more important than it being perfect. Yeah. And I think for us, I mean, that idea for us was really the catalyst to, I mean, goodness, I would say even like the last year of our life is this sort of idea that, you know, I think it might be okay if like the hood of the car is a different color than the rest of it. Or I I think some of these things that we had thought would be terrible actually aren't as important as we think. Is that a good summary in your mind? That's perfect. Hey, look at that. You did that perfectly. See, you met the societal standards around that story. I was going for what you expected. Yes. Good. This time you reached it. No, I think you did a, a really great job of summing that up. I think what we talked about with that is like, what's the alternative? So we maybe try to plan this whole thing out and we try to hit it out of the park in the first at bat. What we knew would happen if we did that is that we would never actually probably bring anything to fruition because we'd get stuck in concrete as far as that's concerned. And I think it, it took though both of us having those conversations and encouraging each other, even though we're like-minded in that way to not do that thing Mm -hmm. to, I think, be able to pull this off, frankly. Whereas I think individually, most likely, we, we might have circled that without really kind of stepping into the arena. And that's really kind of what we're talking about on some levels. And so we'll get to maybe what we do with this and how we work ourselves through perfectionism. But of course, community is part of that, right? You have to have people that say, wait a minute, though, let's not lose the force for the trees, which is, you know, I think that's where we came to is. But what would be worse than maybe not doing it perfectly would be not doing it at all. Right. And if it's important, we need to do it. And so I think, you know, and I see community as such a thread through many of our discussions, but it really, I think is a thread because it is that important. And so having some community around, okay, if this is, this has good purpose and it's legitimate, then being perfect is probably not the most important thing. And so I I think between the two of us, we kind of said like, I'm going to hold you accountable and try to help you with this. And it has been something that I think obviously has been a catalyst for us to do some things, but also to stick with them, even when we might have said, huh, through my lens, this isn't perfect and we should stop. Yes. I mean, we, we could go down the list. And for those who have been listening to this podcast since its inception, uh, there have been, I mean, even just from an audio perspective, there have been plenty of audio low light moments with this podcast. So in other words, things that we've had to learn and grow from and grow through, I think. 
There's adaptive and maladaptive perfectionism. And so I think that with this podcast, we often want to look at, well, what's underneath, right? What are those deeper components? But also, um, not artificially, but what can we learn or take from this that is positive or that just helps us move forward or grow? Like the a great piece of practical, maybe, what do you do? So maybe you're listening to this episode and you're going like, okay, yeah, like I get it. That's kind of me. One of those resonates with me, or maybe all of them resonate with you. And you're kind of, you're in the spot and you're thinking, well, what do I do? Something Mike shared with me was, you got to tell him about this research, man. This, this research was fascinating about like how we actually get out of perfectionism. Can, can you talk about that? Okay, sure. So there's a concept out there called the 72010. Now, I want to say asterisk wise here that this is not a proven, like, I don't know, however they do validity and everything concept, but I think it's an interesting concept that we can really work with. Essentially, what the idea is basically that much of how you learn and grow is that you just have the experience. And so they set up this, I guess it's a study, but they had two groups doing pottery. One group was tasked with doing the kind of quantity wise, the most pots that they could make, right? Like that was the task. The other group was tasked with creating the most perfect pot that they could create. So if it was one or two, whatever, but to get it as good as they could possibly get it. What was interesting, what they found was that the group that was tasked just to just make pots, right? Just doesn't matter. Just make lots of them. Actually, the quality of those pots were better than the other group. And they theorized the reason that's true is that they spent the majority of their time not only making lots of pots, but also learning from their mistakes because they made lots of mistakes, lots of pots, but then they started to learn and grow from it. So the products that they ended up with ended up being better than those who were so micro-focused on just producing that perfect pot, right? And I think there's a great takeaway from that. Whether that can be replicated as a study or not, that hits me as true in that like we know that we grow and learn through experience. Experience is the best teacher. And so when we keep ourselves out of experiences for fear of that we're not going to be able to do it perfectly, I think we're really missing out on so much in life. Right. And then it ups the anxiety for even trying, you know, ever. Yes. And so we, we actually miss those opportunities. And when you told me that, I was blown away because I, I don't know that it's like no one's ever said that before. But just to me, right. that thought process of like, you just have to put stuff out there and yes. it will be rough and it will get better, but it probably won't get better if you don't put something out. I mean, it won't. And I think to your point, if you're waiting to hit that home run at the first at bat, number one, you're probably going to just keep waiting. That's the procrastination piece. But number two... What happens if then you step into the arena and you don't hit the home run? I can think the damage that that does typically is worse than, you know what, I'm just going to kind of get out there and start doing this. Right. And then, you know, the thing is, is like, even if you don't get the home run, but you get, I'm going to try to run with this, you get a triple, let's say, which is pretty amazing. You're then kind of a jerk because other people look at you and they're like, holy crap, you did that in the first try. And you're like, yeah, but it's not a home run. Yes. But it's not a home run. And it makes it super hard to relate to you because for everybody else who maybe, you know, they got out or whatever, they didn't even hit the ball the first time. How do they connect with you? Yes. You know, then, then it's like, well, okay, I guess if that's the only thing that counts, then for me, I guess I can't relate. 
Yeah, no, that's a great point. It does. It does create that distance because, I mean, what do we all know? I think the thing that's inherently difficult about perfectionism is that we know, we understand as a people that we're not going to be able to achieve those standards. And so if we're trying to do that or if we're expecting others to do that, it's automatically going to create that disconnect, either kind of just internally for ourselves or certainly with others. And so I think that's a really good point because that ties back to the community piece, right? Like in order to work through this, we have to be connected to our community. And, you know, I think it's difficult to be open and vulnerable in community when you have perfectionistic standards or tendencies because it relates to our relationships, right? Everything does. I either am going to be expecting you to be perfect in some way or me or both. And like, we can't attain that. So automatically there's a disconnect between us and I can only go so far with that. Right. And so while on one hand, it's kind of admirable that we want to do things well, I think that's important. It's important to be concerned with quality. I think we have good intentions. On the other hand, it can be really problematic and it can be sometimes even reflection of some other issues we got to deal with, with shame and worth and value and things like that. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I totally agree with that. And at the core underneath this, I think if we are going to work with this, let's just be curious about it, right? So you know what? I'm recognizing that I have some perfectionistic tendencies. Let me be curious as to why. What's really going on there? Is it identity-based? Is it shame-based? Is it spiritual in the sense that I'm trying to be like God in a sense? Am I trying to kind of earn certain things on a spiritual level right through that? Am I anxious and trying to manage and control and order my world so that I don't feel anxious anymore? I think. I mean, I think these are the deeper components. And if we're curious just to let that information come to us, then we actually can use that tendency well because we can figure out how to do that in a healthy way. Because the truth is our identity is not based in how well we perform. Thankfully, God doesn't hold us to these standards we all know. And if I'm anxious, I need to go about a different way of dealing with that. Absolutely. Yeah. I usually recommend people ask who, who is asking for this to be perfect? You know, is that me? Mm. Is that my mother? Is that, you know, who, who am I hearing that from? I like that. And, and what's that about? And, you know, oftentimes it's ourselves, you know, we create that it's, well, I'm actually the one doing, it. okay, well, cool. You can change the rules about that. You don't have to actually go for that, but maybe be curious about why you're asking yourself to be perfect on the first yeah. try. Like what, That's what really motivates good. that? I like that a lot. Well, this is good stuff today. I think, you know, we'll edit it. We'll probably have to make this perfect. So we might never release it. But I think if we do, I mean, that's great. Here's one thing I would ask, Mike, is just as we close, what's your one sentence takeaway or two sentences? I'll give you up to two sentences about perfectionism and what we talked about. Do I have to do this perfectly? Yes. Are you going to be the judge of this? So that it will not be perfect. Just like the story of our relationship, you're going to, I guess, judge everything I say. My one or two cents takeaway is, um, you know, perfectionism for the most part is not helpful. I think always I would want to know for myself and others what's underneath that when we have that tendency, what's really going on on a deeper level. And then, though, to use it to understand something more about ourselves, like what can I take away that is adaptive, right? So it's great that I have pretty high standards or personal standards and these types of things. And maybe one other part of that is to really assess what type of perfectionism do I ascribe to if I do, because there are different types. So I think that's probably seven sentences, but. That was a lot. 
That was a lot, yeah. but I think it, it was a very good summary. I do. And I think what I would just add to that is I'm with you. Mike's with you. There's a lot mm-hmm. of people with you who are in that same boat of kind of wanting to do it perfectly. And I just would probably give people some permission to not uh, and yes. just put out some pots and see what shakes out. Yes. And if you want to quit, you can quit. But to me, I think that's the takeaway is like, just do something. And if it sucks, then I guess it sucks. If you want it to get better, keep doing it. But probably if you're looking for permission, I think, Mike, I'll throw you in on this. Let's let's give people permission to do something. Totally. Just get out there. Yeah. Yeah. Give it a shot. You know, might start a podcast as a result. You never know. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to talking with you the next episode. Of course, if you like this, please subscribe and share with your friends. If they are perfectionists, don't tell them that's why you shared it with them. Just share it and say you might benefit from hearing this. Please do that. Thank you.